0: This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, and I'm your host Jason Glick. Hello, Jason. How are you doing tonight? So oh, I'm doing. I, I'm doing great. Well, All I mean, right. yes, tonight. Excellent. Uh, you know, it's like, I, I'm psyched. Is like, yo, know, this is our one hundredth podcast. One hundred. <laughs> yeah. You know, not. Yeah, I mean, like, you no, know, not counting like, you know, half podcasts or crossovers or nope. crossover casts, but you know, this is this is the 100th. 100, awesome. So, what yeah. do you have planned for the 100th? Okay, well, it's like I like to apologize to how I talked to everyone, told everyone last time that I was say complete self-indulgence because on one hand, you know, how is like, um, I, mean, it's, I said it was gonna be this is gonna be complete self-indulgence, but then I realized afterward after recording the last one. How is that different than what than all the other ones I've done so far, really, people? So, so really, it's like this 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 podcast. Like I said, as you can see on the side, it's going. It's two. It's a big big ass two parter. It's about the twenty best comics of all time, mm-hmm. in, of all time, of all time. In my opinion, of course you know, I mean, you could talk about like you know, the, like what the most important comics, or just like the ones that you know, it's, like people have to read before they die. But no, we're talking, about we're working off my list here. There you go. Yeah, because I'm, I'm. Like I said I just want to talk about this, like, because this is basically what I would consider, like, you know, like my, my, my canon, like my my list of my, the ones that have, like like impacted me the most, and just like the ones that, and also more than that. So these, like, when I loan out like my comics to friends. These are kind of like the comics that I like, I sh- I try to show them. This is like okay, here, go ahead. And you you want in comics? Here, let me start you off with this. So like this is like this this is this is my list that I work from. That I want that if there's any justice in the world, these would be selling, you know, as well as Naruto as well as Watchmen. But um, but yeah, you know, it's like this, like that's that's about like that's that's the real world, and this is mine. And like here. I control reality, yeah. so uh, uh, it's my universe, and I'll do what I want to with it. Damn it! Damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay. So I think we've we've um we've hyped things up enough. So let me start. All right, we're starting. This 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 will consist of like a list of ten, like um twenty through let's see twenty through through eleven, and we're starting off with like number twenty, which is Iron Walk Jan by Shinji Saijo. Now, this is this is a series about. But, um, by John Akiyama, he's a, he's a, he's a brilliant Chinese, um, chef of Chinese cuisine after being, um, ruthlessly, uh, mentored by his, by his father. And he is a complete and utter bastard. But the thing is, he is a fucking awesome Chinese cook. And, the th- and the, what always gets me about the series is that even though Jan is a complete and utter bastard, almost unlikable. The thing is, he, he really is a genius. It's like in terms of like just cooking up great great dishes, and um and also um S- jo is also really really good about um setting Jan up against um challenges that actually make him seem sympathetic in the long run. Basically putting up against him putting him up against bigger bastards, or even in some cases having him fail and then um fall back on his on his um creativity in order to um in order to um surmount surmount this challenge. It's and also, what what's also great about this series is that um, Saju also manages the really tricky task of like for any food based manga. I'm this is a really l- small list of food based manga but of making like the food look good. I mean, like I look at this stuff and I think, you know, I would like to have a lot of the stuff that um that um that John, that John cooks up here. Even like from, like the, like the blood eggs, like um this his um his boiling hot spring rolls. I would love to give. Everything he does, a chance. It's like, 'cause it's, it's it's that it's that good, and it's 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 a really it's a really great um it's a really great like um battle manga, and um the reason it's not I'll say the reason it's not running higher is also because the um the translation from the um late late um dr master um does um get um increasingly patchy towards towards the end because like they um as I understand they ran through a lot of translators. Um get like in getting this it's like you know make getting the series to the end, because all of, like a lot of culinary terms. Good lord. It's like mm-hmm. get lots of research on, on their end right there. And also the end the end of the series isn't really an end. It's basically something like like an end shaped object nailed on the nailed, nailed onto the final volume. Um I understand that um Joe has um done a sequel in is currently doing a sequel in Japan. Will it be a Will it be any better than what we got here? I don't know, but we don't need it. Um, Iron Rock Gen is 27 volumes. Um, it is out of print because its publisher is defunct, but I'm um, still highly recommend... Well, okay, oh let's see if we're done. Let me get it started. All of this stuff comes highly recommended. I'll try to keep from using that term from here on out. <laughs> okay, number number 19 is um, Jonah Hex, Two-Gun Mojo, written by um, Joe Lansdale and illustrated by T- by Tim Truman. Now... This is like now this this is this is um, this is a series of its time. It's basically when um like DC Comics Vertigo imprint. And trust me, you're gonna be seeing a lot of them on this list. Um, when they were like when they're starting out, and they were offering you know mature readers takes on um a lot of familiar concepts. You know, just characters who who have fallen by the wayside and um they just wanted okay you know these they're not using these characters anymore. Let's give them like give them a new spin on it. And um Lansdale's um take on jonah hex the um the deformed like the deformed gunslinger um sh- strikes me his destruction t- as being like a really perfect crystalline take on this character i mean like i re- i mean like it's it has a supernatural bent in the sense that he that he, um hex is pitted against a, a warlock who is um who's basically um reviving um yeah char- who's basically um like, reviving certain people from the dead including um wild Bill Hickok, to do his bidding. But um, it, but um, Lansdale's um, Lansdale's language, his gives it gives it a, a real real flair. And it's not just like you know, mature in the sense that it deals like in terms of the violence that it deals as well as like the um other subjects like you know, cannibalism and whatnot. It's like it gives it a real, it's like it, it um, it really shows you like you know, this is, it, it convinced me that like, this is how all Jonah Hex stories should be. They should be like you know, have this weird supernatural, strange bent to him because he's a he's a He's a weird strange gunslinger and this is this is how it should be i mean it's it's in, it's really it's really well paced it's got a lot of car- character character to, to the dialogue and it's so, like so it's 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 a, it's just like so much and it's just so much fun to read in the, his subsequent miniseries weren't um weren't as um as good, but this one is still one for the ages and really it's like it's his take on it was so definitive that i can't enjoy um, the uh, the stories about hex that have been done done prior, as well as um, like um, Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray's um, modern take on it. Like I look at um, like Lansdale and Truman's take, this is it. It's it's all it's 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 a perfectly it's all it's, it's almost a perfectly constructed take of how to do how to take a um, like a forgotten character and do it do a mature reader's take on it. But it's not the definitive one as you'll see in a little bit. All right, moving on. Number eighteen is poison elves by the late great drew hayes um this like this series about the um the exploits of a exploits of an of a, a never do well um elf named um, Lucifer Mache is also basically a rebuttal to your standard fa- fantasy tropes i mean while elves in fantasy literature have been like described as a oh like, great noble like almost um ethereal creatures lucifer is a is a down dirty it's like um, elf who would just like like who just knows shoot you is like has a, have a drink with you instead. It's it's his take. Um, Hayes' take on the um, on on fantasy genre is like almost a rebuttal like to like all like all like the Lord the stuff you see in the Lord of the Rings. How um you have um you have Lucifer match with with um, with a with, uh, uh, the cra- the crazed grave robber um fight see fight off a a match. And I'm outsmarty a, um a, like an evil, like a uh, like a malicious wizard, or like I'm um, taking on the purple, the misogynist purple marauder. It's like it, like his, like his um, I said his like I'm um, Hayes's take was like was really was very distinctive, and just like it's it's really charming in its in its own in its own way, just in the sense that you like reading about his like Luciferine Luciferine and, and also his um, more upright buddy Jace. It's like and and, and like the, the characters you like, and you just and like and any series, and any series creates characters you like, and will follow just about through any story, whether good or bad. And trust me, there are very few, if any, bad stories with with poison Elves. It was like it, it's like it's like I said, it's it's still really enjoyable. But the reason it the reason it didn't rank higher is also because of um Drew, like I said, he's the late Drew Hayes. And he passed away um, several years back. Truly a loss, and I would love to. And and if he had if he was still writing, writing, drawing the series today, I'm sure it would have rank, would have ranked higher. Also, and I will say this is that um, Hayes writes the the best um, introductions for any um, collected editions ever. I mean, like, just reading, just reading his introductions, just kind of like, you know, oh, he's just talking about what's going on in his life and just, like, how he got, to, um, how he started publishing Poison L's. I mean, like, you just you really get to know the guy. And I, I won't lie, like, this, these introductions are, are really a large part of why this is on the list right there. Because, I mean, I, you really got to know the guy. And it's also, like, why I bought his, the, the collected edition of his, um, starting notes and, um, death threats letters columns called called death threats um just to hear just just to get more of his personality right there hi so it's so like that's that's it right there but also it's also funny because um in one of his because um brian michael bendis wrote also talked about worth the injection from um, volume four of poison elves two issues patrons which is still a fantastic collection of the series even if it's only two issues about how and he talked about the time how um how he um was making how he um uh, mocked Drew Hayes in his letter column and then um what Drew Hayes um when he met Drew Hayes at the um at a convention, Hayes up to him and said, Bendis, you're my bitch now And um the reason I'm mentioning this is because the next title on my list Oops Sorry, I'm looking at my list here. That's coming later. <laughs> coming right after um Poison Hells his um is what is best described as probably the best funny animal comic Ever written to the point where it probably it transcends the list um, the description of funny animals and it's really like a great one of the greatest descriptions of samurai manga um, ever ever put to print and that would be um usagi Yojimbo by um, by drew he, by um by Stan Sakai now Usagi Yojimbo is a series about um like wondering um ro- Ronin and master of samurai named ma- on Miyamoto usagi. And um you know the reason it's on the list is is basically because like in the um 20 odd years and um, twenty five volumes of not 20 odd twenty five odd years twenty five plus years of Usagi of the series and the 25 volumes so far, plus the like hundreds of a com- single issues written, um is that in in that time, I've only read one Usagi Jimbo story where I've thought, you know? And that was kind of bad. I mean, and then everything else has just been you know either good or excellent. It's like yeah, the series means like a good straight baseline of of like of entertaining as um San Sakai um, basically like takes like all of like all like all like basically like adapts um all of them um, all the aspects of them, um, Japan's feudal era, like both realistic and mythological, into comic book form. And, um, with his, and with that there, um, and then, um, it's like, I mean, he's got, I mean, like, even though the series is like, this is one of the two series that is ongoing on my list. The other series that is ongoing, if you can't guess it, well, you're not a real fan then, I'll say you that much, because it should be pretty obvious. But with Usagi Ojimbo, I mean, it's like, he's he, he's... There, the series has never felt like it's like it's going on. I mean, like they going on too long. Make he can go on. He can write this until the day he dies. In well, I mean, like even he never, even since the guy never died, he could just keep writing the series forever because there's so much about feudal Japan just to reinterpret for a for mod for modern American reading American um, comic book audience. But um, even then, like he is also even when it's, like, just got a baseline of good, there's been those times when it's transcended that in just, like, pure greatness. Those, usually comes in the forms of the um, extended storylines, such as the Dragon Bell conspiracy, the Eisner award-winning um, Grasscutter saga, which, you know, it, yeah, you say it, you say it's award-winning, but no reason. There's a reason that the Grasscutter won the fucking award. It's one it's of the best Usagi um, Ujimbo stories ever. But then you also got, like, the little, um, like, one-shot story, one or two-part stories, which is, um, such as um, gen- such, such as General Ikeda who who um, was defeated but who was defeated, but then and had um, take up life as a uh, as a peasant in order to survive, and like seeing it, seeing him like acclimate to life, and um then realize that you know this is this is ultimately the more fulfilling sto- fulfilling life than just being a um, being a general. It's like it was great, only to have it only have him reconfronted with his old, with his with the person with the um son of the man who defeated him in Grasscutter. Then you've they also have bits like like the origin of J, which is a brilliant piece of misdirection. And um the It's like and then you've got and also the um the recent two part with um Inspector Ishida. It's a great murder mystery. I mean like even when I was talking to you Jimbo is just good, they're they're more often than not it will it will it will still transcend like into greatness. So I mean that's why it's on the list. That's why I keep buying it. That's why I buy it. In, it's one of the two series I buy in single issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. That's kind of unusual for so, you. Yes, because <laughs> um when um because when Sansakai announced that oh Jay was coming back for an arc, which coincidentally is the one arc that I felt that I felt has a problem with it. Um, it was like the, I, I realized I couldn't wait until it was in trade for paperback form. I had to buy this now in mm-hmm. single issues. So there you go. Okay, which also reminds me of something else I I need to talk about later on. Anyway, but hey, getting back to how um how Drew Hayes called Brian Michael Bendis his bitch, that was that was back in the days when Bendis was writing um his self-published story, self-published um crime stories through through Caliber, and and also and also image, image as well. And the best of these um is Jinx. And this is a story of a bounty hunter, bounty hunter, and two um two near um two do well crimin- criminals. One one who hash has a degree of smartness named named David Gold, um also known as Goldfish. And um and another <clears throat> hang on John, you're gonna need to edit this out real quick. Yeah, I'm I'm back. It's like sorry it's like um yeah, sorry, I just had to remember remember the name for that for one of the characters for the series. Okay. So Jinx is okay, so so Jinx is about the story of a um of a bounty hunter named named Jinx Almeida and these two criminals, um um David Gold, also known as Goldfish, and his partner Columbia, Columbia who is um who is character who was character model after um after um after Bendis himself. The this they basically wind up in a uh, modern-day re- version of the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly as as gold. See, as gold winds, see as gold gets a ha- gets his hands on a uh, get, gets as gold and Columbia get their hands on like two part two keys to the to a to a, um, a multi-million dollar uh, mob mob stash, and um, it's like now they've got and so they've got it's and um all jinx like. Um, finds herself entangled with gold, both romantically and professionally. They've got, they've all got to work to find a way to work together in order to get this money. Now, reading this, I mean, like Bendis has really made his name at Marvel for his work on Ultimate Spider-Man, um, Daredevil, Avengers, yeah. And, and uh, but this, but Jinx, as well as his other his other um, creator on stuff. This is what, this is what really um, made him the. Uh, so really, I've got more like Marvel's attention. I, I will, I will say this right there because it, because it, it's a, a like it just, just even though it's like it's not like a um like a really solid, well edited story. Just like the the rambling bits. I mean, Bendis is um great, great handle for um for, for dialogue. I mean, it's it's just great to like read these, read, listen to these people talk. I mean, they talk like they talk like real like real people. It's like great natural natural dialogue, and even though um. Even Be- and Bendis's art, I mean, even like, though it's it, it really is highly photo referenced, but it doesn't come off as distractingly so. Like say uh, um, Greg Lands does, um, it's it's great. It's it's consistently compelling and a thoroughly enjoyable crime crime story. It like I said, if you want to know why Bendis is so, why, like how why Be- why Mar- why why Bendis is uh, so um, in demand and respected. This this will tell you all, all you need to know about it in the beginning, all right. But you know it's like as Bendis like you know like is now working in um like squarely in the superhero realm, and he's now you know he's he's eventually he's eventually gonna like stop writing Avengers and go back to focusing on creator own stuff like um like his collaborations with um with um Mark Bagley with Brilliant. Alex and Scarlet and most importantly Powers, which I hope he fucking gets back to soon. I know he's getting back too soon, but he said so, but still. Anyway, like he's been working for Marvel this these past like this past decade, but still, like one of Marvel's like that he so he hasn't written any like like Marvel series um, that I really can put on this on this list right here. However, Grant Morrison has and and if I say like best Grant Morrison Marvel series Really, there's only one to talk about. That's like a um, new X-Men. Like, long uh, if you like, longtime readers and listeners will know that I'm a huge fan of X-Men. It's like, because basically, after being um in like inoculated into this, like, into its continuity back in the um back in my high school days, you really can't get. I mean, you really can't uh like escape the cut, something like that. I mean, like, I've always been I kept near towards the series, and I've always like you know just l- listen for like series the point is that is going to be um. Like like worth worth my time and money, Morrison's I bought in single issue form, and to be honest, like after reading this like in single issue form, I can't really imagine like how how anything else could be could be done better. I mean, even though it's like even though uh, Morrison it's like Morrison is tackling like familiar subjects like you know the, the Phoenix, the Shiar, Magneto, um, he still does it in a in an imaginative way that doesn't. That, um that adds to the mythos um, bits such as the moon moon dry um phantom x um like the new new angel and beak it's like it he he does it in this in a way that 's like and also um his, his um um Cyclops is psych affair with, with Emma frost it's like it's it it's it's a consistently inventive and imaginative take take on the series that really that, re- that basically stands like basically the high watermark for the series because after you because know, like the series just basically has, I like, just, no, I mean, I I still like a lot of the stuff they do for it, but like everything that's been done since just hasn't been as good. I mean, like his his concepts still keep the he come back to that from time to time, but it just hasn't had the same like imagination or effect as as this one has as this has right here. So, but you know, when we're talking about like imagine takes on superhero subjects, well, there's also um, they was also like a time when Wildstorm basically um, like of the market on that. When ha- they had they had like a series of char- characters that uh, you just get like like a creator like Warren Ellis to um, just do, like go nuts on, and you'd get something like Stormwatch. His take on Stormwatch and the Authority, but still nothing, and I mean nothing, beat um, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. T- um, like I'm sure of a, of a of a man gone undercover only to only be. Only to go further into the um, dark abyss of um, super villainy than on um, Sleeper seasons one and two. This is a story of Holden Carver, a man who finds himself in a unique position to go undercover in a, in a criminal organization headed by the villainous Tau, created by um, a character created by um, Alan Moore, who's now basically out to um, be, out to destroy destroy the world because he because he can't really see any re- any reason for it to keep, for it to keep living. So. But the thing is, like, with Holden was sent undercover with only one man, um, like, with who knows who knows of his um, knows of his status, um, John Lynch. Um, problem is, Lynch um, is shot in the head and is put into a coma. So now the one person who could exonerate him is now is now dead, and now Holden has to navigate his dark dark past the underworld by himself. And even though he's uh, he knows the world, he's been he's been put into. And he just, and he realizes that you know what he's doing is for the, is for the greater good. But even then, when his when his one out is compromised, and even then when his backup plan is is um, shot to hell as well, he realizes that you know it's like all I can do is just keep just keep falling through through to the end. Even and that's the sort of the first season. Second season is when Lynch wakes up and then basically um shows him okay yeah now this is what I want you to do. And I he's Basically, struck in a power power play between the, the these two these two master manipulators, um, Lynch and Tal. and um, he knows that no one um winds up winds up living too long in this kind of situation. It's a great, um, morally ambiguous take um on super on the superhero mythos, and it's it, it's like um consistent, consistently consistently compelling, and also um between seasons one two, I recommend Point Blank, which tells the story of how Lynch got got into the coma. Which is interesting because, while um, Point Blank was originally um, meant to be um, meant to be as a meant to be a prelude to the series. I found that it works much better now as a um, interlude between the two because whenever I loan this out, whenever I loan this series out to people, um, I mean they have no idea what the Wildstorm universe is. They're not going to give a shit about it. Um, oh, like like say the the authority or Grifter from the Wildcats. But you know after they've read the first season of the um, Sleeper. Then I want to know, well, just know, well, how did um Lynch get, get into that get, get into that coma? This is the story. So like basically it it's it's a great it's a great a um, morally ambiguous tale, and that's and that's it right there. Now this next one, I'm performing like like an emergency self edit right here for number for number twelve because as I was talking to this, I realized it's like I realized about one See one store like one particular um, arc for a series. For the other series that I, re- that I read in single issue form, that would be Hellblazer, because I'll admit, well, this is originally going to be um, be about Swamp Thing, which is still a great um, classic series by Alan Moore. Um, I have to give this um, this slot over to um, Garth Ennis, um, like um, inaugural Hellblazer story, um, Dangerous Habits, because ah. Uh, Man, it's like it's it's an incredible story that takes like an impossible premise, um, and just makes makes it work in a truly brilliant fashion. I mean, like um, this is this is Garth Ennis' first story on Hell on Hellblazer, replacing um Jamie Delano, who established a lot of the, the groundwork from the character after he'd been created by by Alan Moore, and um, with. And um this this inaugural story, he basically decided, Okay, I'm gonna kill John Constantine. Now any long-time comic books reader will t- let you know that, oh, any story where they promise to kill the main character, you know, that's just like that's just like a little bullshit. Either they'll they'll do it and just say, Oh, yeah, you know, you're yeah, we know this is gonna happen, so big surprise Or he finds a way out of it and they're like, Oh, we know you're faking it. With this one though, Ennis um really um say you know, John, how John was the idea of just, after smoking so many fucking cigarettes, and the guy has his own particular brand, so cut. And but the thing is, um, John has 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 fucked so many people over in his life that he was that he that he's actually going to die. He's going to hell, and um, not only is he going to hell, the devil is going to have his soul, and he's going to fuck him up the ass for it because not because not only in this story does. Because as John's trying to find a way out of this, like out of going to hell, he also winds up like completely fucking over the devil by I'm getting a drink, getting a drink holy water, and that's that's part of the, and that right there is the cl- essence of the cleverness, like inherent in this in this story. I mean, that that like that bit is just like the tip, tip of the iceberg. As Constantine, like he, he rationalizes, uh, okay, this is what's going to happen, but now I gotta find, I gotta, I made my bed, now I've got to weasel out of it and weasel a lot of it. he does in a spectacular fashion, that is, like, a brilliant triple cross that basically, that also, um, defined, and this is run on this, on the series. I will say that this, this is hands down the best Hellblazer story I ever read, As it also, um, establishes John's, like, John's magnificent bastardry, bastardry. It's like, and also, just just like, you know, like, even as much, it's like, even though he's, He's going. He's eventually. He's going to live forever, but he's just going to wind up like I'm um, sacrificing friends in both good, good and bad ways throughout throughout the end. But even though he'll even when he does die, and the devil comes does come to get his soul at the very end, he will he will ultimately find a way out of it because you know he's he is that clever, as demonstrated here. It is brilliant triple claw, triple cross finale, fantastic stuff. And uh, just definitely, if you never buy, if you. It is it is the one Hellblazer sword by above all others. That being said, we come to number eleven, which is which is the reason, which is also the reason why one man is considered the god of manga. And that would be um, Otakirihito by Osamu Tezuka. Now, Tezuka, now Tezuka's now um my god of manga nickname is, is also almost kind of an affection as like you know Colin Michael Jackson, you know the king of pop, but um but with this though i mean to i mean it's it's this is story of a um uh, of a of a surgeon who winds up um tracking down this one the origins of this one one disease well, this one disease called monmo which turns um humans into beasts and uh how he how he winds up being up uh, being the patsy for this for his um sir for his um uh, for the uh for the head, for the head of the surgery's hot for the head of this hospital who wants to make his name for for um like. Uh, for tracking, for um, basically being the authority on on the season ones, and he winds up being like the path, patsy for it, and essentially um, becoming a like, becoming more human as as a result. It's it's a compelling, like um, just disturbing story, uh, mixing in elements like elements like bestiality, rape, um, nymphomania, like in ways that you know, like in on one hand it would just be like. Makes like lo- a lot of us American audiences just go, Ugh, it's creepy. But it, it's also like a perfect example of the, the mi- melting point where um J- where J- Japanese audiences like this is well this stuff was cool with them, but then um an American audiences just go, Surety and humanity that actually makes it um like less exploit exploitative and um actually like a compelling meaningful part of the story. I mean like Kazuka. I mean, like, um, Vertical has um, published a lot of um, Tezuka stuff, from his from, from his story of *Um* of Buddha to, um, to *MW* to, um, to to *Black* to *Blackjack*. But *Um*, if you if you were to buy just one, one story to um, emphasize what see why like such an important figure, *Otakirito* is it. I got the one volume edition. This is also available in two volume editions as well. Worth your money in either fashion. Alright, and that brings us to the end of the first half right there. So so if so I mean okay, if you wanna like, just take a break, just go get a drink, um get back, relax. like we'll be we back we'll be back shortly with um numbers um ten through one. So so in so on that note it's not the end, just a break. Just so a break. catch you later. All right, see you in a few.